you remember that time Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl as a uh, starting quarterback? Yeah, Tom, that was that was brilliant. Uh, but um, I'm thinking you were playing NFL 2K5 or I don't know, maybe one of the Maddens, the early 2000s Maddens. Is that is that when that happened? I, I don't know, man. I I just remember him being three time MVP. Um, uh, just winning Super Bowls left and right. I mean, the guy was amazing. Listen, in our hearts, Doug Peterson, the coach, is is a a multi time champion. But um, right, right, yeah, no. Uh, so uh, we 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 just diving into that, and this, this is going to feel really weird because I mean, the like almost feels like the first time we're podcasting again, doesn't it? Um, yeah. we're we're kind of uh redoing retooling some things here. Mainly because you know we we've been doing this for so long now. We have well over hundred episodes um, down over the course of time. Uh, Bob, you started this on your own back at the end of twenty twenty. Um, then you know quickly invited me along because it it made sense to you know have you know another person to bounce ideas back off of. Um, we've since added uh, Richie uh, to the fold as kind of our 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 triumvirate of uh, hosts. Um, unfortunately, we have so many great people that come on board, um, Danielle and Kyler and, uh, you know, some of these other people, Bink and some of these other people that have come AJ. on board. Yes, yes, yes. AJ, just fantastic over, over the years that we've done this and, you know, Hey, and AJ gave us great content, uh, early on with, uh, crypto and, uh, actually it's where all the Johnny bench stuff comes from. <laughs> So if you've listened to us long enough, that's that's he's he's the reason for Johnny Bench. Um, that said, though, uh, you you would kind of uh, pitched uh, to me and Richie this, this great idea of, hey, we're, we're, let's let's branch out, let's let's turn this into a network, and it makes a lot of sense because typically whenever we get together, even with people that we're trying to do deep content, um, it devolves into chaos. We we kind of realize what our show does, and it's fun. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we do like to, you know, get deep into the weeds on certain things. And uh, look, we're all not experts on every last little thing. So uh, this is kind of the, uh, I don't know, the the initial episode of that. Uh, or this would be our first, like, true network episode. Um, do you want to kind of dive into what we're doing here? Yeah, so instead of, like, doing, because we had been doing um, random episodes and it would be, like, Noise Brigade Presents and then whatever topic we're talking about. Um, and like you said, you know, we have so many people that come in and help and stuff. And and you, me, and Richie, for the most part, we have a lot of the same interests and a lot of the same likes and stuff. But Richie really just could not give a damn about sports. Um, and I'm not, talk I'm not talking sports entertainment. I'm talking, like, baseball, football, hockey, basketball, you know. He couldn't give a shit. So aside from making um, jokes about uh, Johnny Bench, um, <laughs> what we decided to do was rather than have episodes where sometimes one or two of us are just completely not engaged, we would try to limit the sports talk. And it, it, granted, it, you know, it's going to cross over a little bit just because it's going to. But we're going to try and limit the sports talk and the sports centric episodes to this new um channel i guess if you want to call it and it's going to be called the steve jeltz appreciation society um and so that's where we're going to do all of our sports talk and it's going to be typically tom and i and then you know whoever else we have on danielle will jump on um you know whoever else we decide to bring in uh but that's where we're going to try and host all of our sports centric stuff so obviously tonight uh you know we've got a little bit of an episode to go on and probably i would imagine to, well, by the time this posts, the Eagles will have played the Giants and either will have locked up the number one seed or will be burning the city down. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. One or the other, you know. Yeah, it's there's no in between. We'll either be burning the city down out of happiness or, or burning the city down out of anger. Um, but, uh, you know, and hopefully it's, it's out of joy. And I kid, you know, obviously we're not going to burn the city down. We haven't won anything yet. We've just punched our ticket to, you know, make sure everybody has to come to Philly first. Where, as we all know, bad things happen in Philadelphia. That's right. Now, yeah, so welcome to the inaugural episode of the Steve Jeltz Appreciation Society. Um, 
you know, Steve Jobs has been a, a, a you and I have, for whatever reason, <laughs> for two decades now, have used Steve Jeltz as the butt of all Philadelphia sports jokes. I don't know why. Dude, you know what it is? It's not even that. Honestly, there was a point where, like, if you ask me when I was a little kid, if you asked me who my favorite Phillies were, it was Mike Schmidt and Steve Jeltz. And, like, and it was sick. It was strictly from his baseball card. It's because every time it seemed like every time I opened up a pack of Topps baseball cards, there was a fucking Steve Jeltz right there staring at me with that glorious Jerry curl. Yes. And yes. I was like, all right, I guess I like this guy. So then, like, him and then Juan Samuel ended up being my next, you know, he was like my third. But, like, dude, every, I swear to God, there was a point where every pack of baseball cards open had a Steve Jeltz. And, well, hell, he's a Philly. I know who he is. Okay. He's one of my favorite players. Right. And it's really funny. So one of the uh, things I follow on Twitter, uh, it's like baseball and picks or, or baseball and nut history or whatever it is, uh, had posted, you know, name a random baseball player. First player comes to your mind. First player comes to my mind, Steve Jones. I, it's it was the weirdest thing. Like, I don't know. So this makes a lot of sense for us to call us, call us that we have to be the only podcast that have used Steve well, Jones in the name. So. And that's kind of my other that was kind of my other reasoning for it is nobody else has this name. I will almost I didn't have to look. Like I didn't have to brainstorm. I didn't have to be like, what's well, who who's an obscure Philly athlete that 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 no one has ever named anything after? Steve Jelts. That's it. Right. That, that, that's the name. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's probably a a, a Charlie Hayes podcast or or website out there somewhere. Yeah, there's uh, a Rand, there's a Randy Ready, you know, blog or podcast or something out there, you know. Right, right, right. Or like, uh, was it, or, I, I can't even remember his name. Uh, Rick Lake or Rich Rich Lake? Who, who was the catcher? Oh, uh, Steve Lake. Steve, Steve Lake. Lake. Steve Lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's got to be, uh, there's got to be, you know, some somebody out there that has a pod or something about these players. But no, um, we're going to really, look, we're Philly fans through and through. The focus is going to be Philadelphia sports. We're not going to lie to you on this one. Um, but we do talk sports in general um, throughout our normal pod anyway. So um, we will hit di different things. Uh, look, first and foremost, um, DeMar Hamlin. You want to talk about an absolute miraculous, you know, I, I don't care who or what you believe in. And I know people tend to say that thoughts and prayers are, oh, it's a throwaway thing. I'm sorry, but I've seen those powers whatever you believe in, um, come through this week. Uh, DeMar Hamlin is, uh, yes, still in critical condition, but he's speaking. He's awake and speaking to his team and to the world, and he's tweeting. And if you would have told me that late Monday night into Tuesday, I would have thought you were crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a miracle. It's amazing. No, I, I agree. I mean, and look, and hats off to all the, the medical professionals and, and everybody on both both teams, everybody that had any kind of hand in that. If everything doesn't go exactly right, if they don't take the actions that they took right off the bat immediately and get that young man help, we're, we're having a different discussion today. But every single person perform their job to the utmost of their capability did the best that they could possibly do and for that you know a, a, a young man still has his life a family still has their their son their brother their cousin you know like that's it's absolutely outstanding work by everyone involved um just great great job all around and and you know it is it is really a miracle like i you know I don't remember if I said this on the air or, or off the air, you know, in the, 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 uh, profession I work in, there's a lot of times when we hear, all right, they haven't been breathing. We got them. CPR started right away. We were able to get a pulse and then we find out an hour later. Okay. Well, we got the pulse, but they're brain dead. Right. And that's with CPR starting, you know, within the same time frame and everything. And it for everything that happened in that situation to happen the way it did, and him to be with us today. And the first you gotta love the first thing he asks, hey, did we win? Oh man, that 
when I heard that, I was like, I, you can't help but not tear up. Right. I mean, come on. I, I don't care if you you follow sports, you follow one team, you hate the Buffalo Bills. You want to talk about a uniting moment in not just sports, but basically for our country in general? Come on. how? What's not to love about just that? Right. I, yeah, it, the, I I certainly had emotions on that. Uh, it was awesome. I'm so like I. It gives me goosebumps now just thinking about it. And look, you and I are nowhere near Buffalo Bills fans at all. You know, but this could have happened to anybody, right? And we're we're talking about a human being here. This could have so, been, you know, Josh Josh Sweat, right? Was was down in our game on Sunday. Off, you know, he was down. They rolled stretcher out. They brought him, brought him off on a backboard and a brace and everything. It very well could have been him. Very well could have been him, but it, it doesn't matter at this point. You know, it's 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 a human. He's a human being, right? You know, you know, you know my hatred of the Dallas Cowboys. I, it doesn't matter. You know, if he was if he was a Dallas Cowboy, I would be. This would be the one time that I would be really you know rallying around them and trying to, you know, because it it at the end of the day, it transcends the game. It transcends everything. Exactly, humanity. And watching the opener um, to tonight's Titans Jaguars game, um, they they all the players and the staff got in the middle of the field in a big intermingling circle of prayer, and it was it was amazing. Like I, I just had not seen it in an NFL game in such a long time. Everyone's kneeling. Everyone's you know brothers in arms. It was amazing. It was amazing to watch. Um, I don't know um, if you saw this or not, but in the um, on the uh, outline of the field at the 30-yard line, they outlined the number three in red. Buffalo Bills, well, the the the, the red orange color, um, and it's amazing. Like it was just like there there's been such an outpouring across the league, and it's weird. It's one of those really weird things because typically, and I'm not saying this this necessarily, but you typically find stuff like this very polarizing. Um, where you either really, really like it, or you're really for it, or you're really against it. This is one of those rare things that's been very unifying, and uh, it's the outpour. The uh, excuse me, the uh, the the outward support of uh, of just like support and emotions and just everything. It's been so great, um, and I'm just so happy that he's turned the corner. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, what what a great way to start like a sports centric inaugural episode is talking about how Demar turned the corner. Right, I think it's fantastic. the uh, The Eagles actually, uh, I think every team is doing the three in the thirty yard line in that in the Bills colors. Oh, cool, cool. Okay, the, I saw the Eagles had posted they did that too. Uh, the Sabers had done, you know, in the NHL, obviously the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, they had a big tribute to him. Um, matter of fact, I believe now the guy could have been thirty or thirty or, or just three. Uh, there's a guy, one of the Sabers. The night, either the night that Demar got hurt or the night after, he scored three goals. Had he had, like every all of his stats were threes, and it was just really, it was really weird, but it was really cool. Um, obviously, he didn't plan that, but it was just, it was, yeah, really that's cool. kind of, yeah, that's kind of odd, yeah. Um, but let's 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 talk about some other stuff. Let's, uh, let's yeah, let, let, yeah, let's uh, let's move into again. We're gonna we're gonna typically center Philly sports here. I, I guess we'd be remiss though if we hadn't really mentioned our big game tomorrow before we get into some other stuff. Before wait, but before we go any further, I do need to mention another another uh, injury, another sports injury that happened uh, recently. This is a couple weeks ago, but you know we didn't really get a chance to talk about it. Um, one, Mister Blake Wheeler. Who plays for the uh, the Winnipeg Jets? Did you see what happened to uh, to Blakey Boy? I, you know, I, I'm I, I have not seen, but something tells me that. Um, okay, all right. So uh, I I just googled his name and kind of wish I hadn't now, um, for the sake of my own. <laughs> so uh, next time somebody tries to say that that. The basketball players are the toughest players, or soccer players, are the toughest players in sports. I don't want to hear shit. 
because uh, Mr. Blake Wheeler ruptured a testicle after he was struck by a shot and finished the game. Yeah, yeah. What's I'm reading? I'm reading a headline. Minnesota and Blake Wheeler played through ruptured testicle, and you just said it. Played through. I don't know, man. I don't know that I'm walking. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, it, it's you know, people people talk shit all the time. People people, oh, hockey's not this. Hockey's not that. Listen, motherfucker. Hockey is. Although I, I do got to call out. So went to uh, went to an Everblades game tonight. Our ECHL team. So I'm wearing my Flyers jersey, by the way, because they are the hottest team in town. Uh, I don't know if you saw that or not, but they're they're winning games. Uh, you, know. Um, you know, they're still fucking last in the league. But, <laughs> uh, but I, so I was wearing my wearing my Flyers jersey, and um, so we're at the game, and there's a fight, which obviously I like, and this fucking dude from from the uh, Orlando Solar Bears comes up to fight, and he's taking like a fucking Tai Chi fucking thing he's got his hands up like like above his fucking eyebrows and shit pulling some fucking taekwondo bullshit out there then he got his ass kicked um but yeah i like i don't know man anybody tries to talk shit on on hockey and says that basketball is a tougher sport or or soccer is tougher go fuck yourself yeah no uh i'm not i've always kind of had it in my head i wasn't sure what was tougher hockey or uh or uh, american football I never could quite figure out which was tougher. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I think every sport's tough. I think there's uh, something to be said for, you know, the the work it takes to get to be a professional athlete and nearly everything. Um, but, you know, that point, I mean, you look at football, you look at hockey, the brutality aspect of it. Hockey has fighting as part of it that – yeah, granted, both guys might end up in the penalty box, but they let them go. Yeah, unless you're in the fucking Euro. Right, right. But American hockey? Nah, let them go. Right. Forget it. You know, North it's American hockey. Right, right. Yeah, Let's true, not true. Forget Good. our, you know, our friends to the north. That's true. That's true. Yeah, well, yeah. Good point. Um, but no, no, it's funny though. Um, yeah, no, I uh, thoughts uh, thoughts out to Mr. Blake Wheeler. That's um that's a tough yeah. one. Yeah, let's get some stick taps for him on that one. Um, all right, so Philadelphia sports, though. Uh, big news broke today for our game tomorrow against the New York football giants, as Mr. Chris Berman would say. Um, a certain number one is coming back under center. Yes. So the MVP, well, the should-be MVP of the National Football League one Jalen Hurts will be starting at quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, honestly, I mean, here's the deal. Look, let's be real here. Regardless of who started at quarterback, this game should be a win because if the well, if the Giants hold true to what they were saying and they only play their backups, which look, I don't that's not how I wanted to clinch the number one seed. Of course, I not. really did not want to, I wanted to clinch the number one seed beating Dallas in Dallas in front of their fucking fans on Christmas Eve. That would have been the best Christmas gift that I could have gotten. Unfortunately, we didn't get that. No. What we got was fucking a, a mess of a game, which we still almost fucking won. Right. Let right. that be. Let the record show that fucking Gardner Minshew almost beat Dallas in Dallas on Christmas Eve against the full squad of starters through like carved their fucking defense up, right? Just absolutely. The game should have been ours. There's no reason why it was not. So we lost that game. And then we get what by all rights should have been a walk in the park. You've got a saints team coming in here. That's like on its fucking last legs. You've got your your team that just shredded what is supposed to be the second best or third best, depending upon 
you know, at least top five team in the NFC. I'm not going to say in the NFL because they're not. They're fucking, you know, anyway. Just shredded a team and should have beat a team that should be, that is one of the best teams in your conference. And they should be playing pissed off football. And they go out and sleepwalk through the first fucking half. And then fucking Gardner Minshew looks like he shit his pants the yeah. entire game. Yeah. And so you lose that game. And not only did you fuck yourself by losing that game because you didn't clinch the number one seed and you didn't get by yourself an extra bye week to rest your players and to get healthy before the fucking playoffs. But you also fucked yourself in that guess who has the Saints' first-round pick this year? Oh, that would be us. Yep. So would it have it would have really behooved us to knock them down and make them fucking have another loss in their record. Right. So we have a better pick. But right. because as it stands now, they're gonna be, I believe, um, they're gonna right. be this like fucking hodgepodge of teams where there's like six or seven teams that all have the same fucking record. If you would have handed them the loss like you should have fucking done, you don't have to worry about that. And you're getting you're looking at a top five pick. Right. Now you're in the now you're in the zone of uh what I I I looked at it, it was like eight to twelve or something. Right. Yeah. It's you cost stupid. your team in so many fucking ways. Yep. It's ridiculous. And not only and it's not fair to only put it on the players. Because the coaching staff didn't fucking hold up their right. bargain either. It's look, it's not it's not fair to just us to sit here and throttle Minshew. It's not. Um, Lane Johnson got hurt, um, which is a big loss. There's a lot of injuries that occurred that, you know, you know, quite frankly, suck. You know, it's it is what it is. Um, it's not it, it really it isn't fair for us to sit here and just dump it on one person, but you're exactly right. Look, 20 to 10 against the Saints. Come on. I don't really care how good a team is at this point, but you guys almost, with the same squad, beat Dallas on Christmas Eve in Dallas against the best, the best. And I hate saying that. I hate it. You know, I hate it. But Dallas threw up their best. They beat us. Yes, they did. New Orleans, not exactly the same team. and. You, you you just you died, right? Basically, you and didn't do anything. You know what? And you want to you want to put it this way too. All right. So if you win that game against the fucking Cowboys, is Lane Johnson playing at the point where he gets hurt in that game? Exactly. So yep. You're continuously shooting yourself in the foot and making issues where there were none. Right. Because you couldn't fucking close the door. And that's then that's the thing that and I think that's the funny thing. You look, you and I did it. We'll have to at some point revisit it. Um we did a very early Eagle season preview episode, and you had made a very great comment that I want to I want to sit back on that every single game on the schedule is winnable. And you weren't wrong. And look, they they basically racked up what a ton of wins this year because of that reason. Who would have thought that the first loss of the year would have come against the freaking Commanders? I, right. You know, I wouldn't have thought that. Here's the thing, though. I would have certainly thought the first loss would have come within the first two or three weeks of the season. You know, never would have thought they would have gone as long as they did undefeated. Um, I certainly thought that losing against the Cowboys is a possibility. I mean, come on. Look, I, I hate the Cowboys. Yes, I do. But do I respect, like, the team? Sure. Tough team. A lot of talent. Very capable of beating the Eagles. They've shown it. Whatever. New Orleans, every game was winnable. I, I don't know. Even with Minshew, I just thought that that should have been a no-brainer. Yeah, there, there, there's... Wait, that, that's a win. And that, that one disappoints me way more than the Dallas game. Yeah. No, I agree. Because there's, there's literally no reason to lose that game. Right. The Dallas game, I'll give it to... You know, it's... We haven't... We haven't swept Dallas in a season series in I can't remember when. Yeah, it's, I think, it's I think the last the last time was the was it the uh, Super Bowl season? Might have been. 
Uh, yeah, which was that seventeen season. So yeah, it was either seventeen, it was either seventeen or eighteen. We because I know it was around that time period because I don't even remember. I for some reason I feel like it wasn't the Super Bowl season, but I know it was around then. Um, but you know, and typically that's how that's how it goes. It's very hard to beat a team twice in the same season. Right. Very difficult to do that. Um, and you know, that's, that's to be expected. Okay. I get that. I'm not happy about it, but I get it. But to lose to a saints team that really at that point they were eliminated, they had not literally nothing to play for. The only thing they had to play for was for themselves for auditions for next year and to, you know, to fuck up our draft pick. But it's not like them winning did anything. They were all right. just trying to individually produce at that point. And uh, just for sake of um, where we were at with the, the last time the Eagles swept the season series was 2011. Shit. Yeah. See, so. Yeah. Yep. It just, it doesn't have, it, it's Cowboys and Eagles. It's just been like this. No, in fact, the, the the Cowboys swept the season series in 2012, 2018, and last season. But, you know, they – Eagles ran uh, the table, obviously, in the early 2000s um, with, you know, McNabb and the crew. Um, but, no, you're right. It, if you really historically look at it, it's a lot of 1-1, lot of you know, and this year, obviously, kind of proves that. So, um, here's my concern about the Saints' loss ahead of the uh, Cowboys' loss. You have supposedly, again, as we're recording this, we're a day prior to the Eagles-Giants game to close out the season. Giants are going to be using their uh, second string. Um, whereas we have the Eagles and Jalen Hurts returning from injury, and assuming that, you know, obviously other players, I believe um, uh, Garner Johnson's back. Um, I believe a couple of other players are back. My my concern is though losing against the Saints like they did, and even with Jalen, you know, I'm just like, oof, you know, uh, this is not a surefire win. No. You know, you have a returning injury or injured player in Hurts and then um, some others. And then it's like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm as uncertain now as I was coming against Dallas a couple weeks ago. Just not not feeling good about it. And, I, and again, I know the Giants have come out and said, you know, hey, we're, we're not running out. And to me, the Giants offense solely lies on Saquon. That's it. Uh, to me, there's no one else there. But you Saquon mean, uh, runs the show. You don't, you don't believe that that thing that came out from uh, – I forget what clown put it out, but said that uh, Danny Dimes is one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFC? Um, he's not one of the top five quarterbacks in anything. Yeah, I, I – Honestly, How many teams I'm, are there in the NFC East? Were there four teams in the NFC East? The NFC East. He's not a top five quarterback in the NFC East. No, nah, I mean, I'll, look, I'll give him credit. He has he has done a lot this season to impress me and to think that he should get another shot as a starting quarterback for the New York Giants. You have Jalen. Would I want him on my team? No. No. You have okay here in my here NFC's quarterbacks. You have Jalen, they have Dak. I'll give him that. Um, and I guess Heineke. So I like the way he, he he wins. He wins ball games. I'll give him that. Um, and then I'd I'd do some weird toss up between Cooper Rush and uh, Minshew. Um, I and I guess that's where Daniel Jones comes in. Maybe at the back end of the top five for the NFC East. I don't know. That's I don't really that team runs on Saquon. We know that now. Saquon Saquon's out. That team doesn't win ball games. I'm sorry, but now here's the thing. I'm going to I'm going to go. This is my hot take time. Daniel Jones is the second best quarterback in the NFC East. Okay. 
put Daniel Jones on that Cowboys team, and I think they're a better team. Look at the look at the if you look at the last, I forget how many, however many weeks it's been since Dak came back. Even including those weeks he was out, he leads the league in interceptions. And they're still winning despite him. I'm going out on a limb and I'm saying Danny Dimes makes the Dallas Cowboys a legitimate contender. Dak Prescott is holding them back. Fair enough. I, and I have not smoked crack today. No, no. I, it's a, you know, that's not a, it's not a, it's, look, that's a fair assessment. Um, I, look, I think Dak is a very capable quarterback. Um, I do. I, I hate to say that. You know, I don't like the Cowboys. <clears throat> I think he's capable. Um, I don't know that I completely agree with the assessment. I don't know. It's it's tough. I guess because I'm clouded with the fact that I just I just don't think Daniel Jones is great. Um, and I just happened to pop up a thing here on StatMuse um, since the Giants have had Saquon on their team in games that he has not played they're under 500 so i just really think that like their team runs on him it's almost like the titans and derrick henry you know what i mean yeah like and i think that's why i feel that dak is more valuable to the cowboys than daniel jones is to the giants personally and here's my take on that too another take on that um i think saquon is more valuable to the giants than zeke elliott is to the cowboys Yes, I agree with yeah. that. Um, now, how about this though? How about Tony Pollard? Because Tony Pollard's really been their bell cow. You're right. No, no, and I, I and I don't disagree with that. Um, I think the unfortunate thing for Tony Pollard is that like Tony Pollard's a great player. He's dynamic and he's explosive. Um, but because uh, it's funny, it's almost like to what you just said, he's hampered by. It's hampered by Zeke, the presence of Zeke. If Tony Pollard was given, you know, number one billing, if he was the headline, he might throw up 200 yards a game, every game. But that's the ball, everyone. You know, Zeke is the guy. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's it's funny. It, um, it, it would be interesting, you know, and, and obviously uh, I guess I'm being a little hyperbolic in saying that uh, – that, you know, Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than than Dak Prescott. I, I'll say I'm going to temper that. I am going to I'm going to cool off my hot take a little bit. I'm going to say this year, if you put Daniel Jones on that Dallas Cowboys team, but what I would really like to see is Dak Prescott surrounded by the Giants' weapons and Daniel Jones surrounded by the the uh, Cowboys' weapons. And just see what they what each other would do in that offense, in those right. in those offenses. And just see because honestly, I mean, they they both bring different dynamics to it. Daniel Jones is a more mobile quarterback, ends up getting you more. He, you know, he's able to escape the pocket a little bit more. I don't think he has quite the arm that Dak has. Dak has a he has a legit arm. His problem has just been this year. You know, he's been he's got one of the best seasons for, for throwing, you know, for not throwing interceptions. Uh, I think he holds the record, the, the rookie record still for um, most completions to start a career before your first interception, um, which he was going game for game with uh, Carson Wentz initially when that happened. Um, but he also has shown this year and whether it's because he's scrambling to try to, to make up for the injuries along their offensive line or, or what the situation is, but he, he has been throwing an inordinate amount of interceptions this year. No, no. And, and, and you're, and you're right. Um, if we're looking at this, you know, just flat out statistically, um, we're going to use some, some crazy, whatever made up metric stuff here. But um, if you're looking at ESPN's uh, QBR, Daniel Jones has posted his highest, quarterback rating ever using the ESPN metric that's been around since 2006 um, of 60.4, which is pretty good. His previous highest was 55.7. 
I'm giving Daniel Jones a lot of crap. Look, this is only his fourth year in the league. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Dak has been around quite a bit longer. He's, uh, what, on year seven? Um, he's also spent some time on the injured list this year. If you look at Dak's overall, his lowest over the previous seven seasons was 54.6, which prior to this year was basically Daniel Jones' highest. Dak has put up three of seven uh, seasons in the, in the ESPN metric of pl- of 70 plus, which Daniel Jones has never even come close. Uh, Dak has had a higher QBR this year, not much, in less games. I'm not saying that means anything. You and I have gone back and forth about the baseball metric of war. That's about the closest approximation I can give. Um, at, the, at the end of the day, I think it comes to, uh, you know, leadership, um, who else you're surrounded by. Um, quite frankly, I don't give a damn about either Dak or Daniel Jones. Right. Just for, for, for you know, sake of argument, where is Mr. Hertz located on that list? So QBR, uh, we're looking at, again, the ESPN metric that was established uh, in 2006. Mr. Jalen Hurts on his, now granted, you know, Hurts, basically you're talking a year three quarterback now, um, has a higher QBR this year than both Mr. Deck and Mr. Jones at 69 even. Boom. Well, 69 is an even number, but I like saying 69 even because, you know, 69. 69. 69 even. I say that because it's 69.0. Right. 69 flat. So where does that fall with regards to – does it have a ranking of quarterbacks this year or – Oh, I'm just looking at individual pages, so I don't don't know about the – let's see, 2022 QBR list. How about that? Let's see if we can figure that out. Okay. So currently, um, QBR in the in the in the National Foosball League, Jalen Hurts is top three, number three behind Mahomes and Josh Allen. Okay, Dak is number five. Um, so the top five are currently, and this is the way I'm reading this now as of today. I do not know if this includes Mahomes game. Mahomes, excuse me, Mahomes game today. You also take into account that this uh, Josh Allen uh, is going to have one game less. So you have Mr. Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Tua, which is insane, yeah. uh, and, and then Dak, um, which is even more insane, is the next two, Geno <laughs> Smith and Jared Goff. <laughs> Wait, and not only that, but the top 10 includes Jacoby Brissett. Brissett, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. That's pretty ridiculous. Also, and, and there's what there's 32 teams in the NFL, correct? Correct. Number 31 is Baker Mayfield. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Dude, wait. So let's hold on, though. Let's go over this real quick. So Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Tua, Dak. So there's two of the four NFC East quarterbacks. The top 10. So number nine, and number nine is Daniel Jones. Jones, yep. So three of the four. Well, I mean, it's hard to say who the, the fourth starter would be and that's why that that oh carson wentz is 28 and how many damn games did carson wentz even play right (laughs) that's why i'm wondering i I wonder what what the metric is as far as how many how many games played or how many snaps or whatever you had to have played that um that heineke's not on this list (sighs) it's a good point yeah i don't know and what other what team is missing a quarterback because there's 31 people listed on here. There's 32 teams, and yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. Maybe ESPN was just like, you know what? Let's just delete it's a team. Pocket. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, <laughs> now we're done. Yeah, but um, but no, it's it's interesting because if you think about it, like that right there, I, I guess I guess if if you're going off the QBR ratings, so Hertz, Prescott, Smith. Goff, Daniel Jones. He is, according to the Q- ESPN QBR, top rating, quarterback. Yep. one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFC. He is number five yep. in the yep. NFC. No, you're, you're not wrong. I uh, it, it, it It's actually kind of funny 
uh, seeing it that way. Uh, again, I'm, we're using the ESPN metric here, so take that for a little, little bit of grain of salt stuff. But if you look at the way some of these other players are ranked out, it makes a lot of sense. Actually, what's kind of funny is that Kirk Cousins is number 24. That's kind of odd. Well, Cousins is 24. Um, Justin Herbert is 12. Like, Kirk Cousins is just ahead of Matt Ryan. Right. Like, that's a little weird. You know, I the one that I question is how is is Russell Wilson ahead of pretty much anybody? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is number twenty six. Twenty six, which the Packers have really shown up these last several weeks. Yeah, um, but I mean, I guess that's not enough to to do away with how bad he was. No, I guess we should we should say this, and for people that are unfamiliar, uh, the the the, the ESPN uh, QBR total quarterback rating is a value that the quarterback on all play types on a zero to 100 scale adjusted for the strength of opposing defenses faced. So it's kind of a mixed metric, I guess. It's almost like the the win-loss record for a pitcher in baseball. Like it doesn't necessarily dictate like, hey, I won 15 games but only lost five. doesn't necessarily mean like you're a great, you know, and I think that kind of works conversely with this. It's like we all know that Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are just fantastic. Obviously, both have not had great seasons. Um, I just don't think that they're as according to QBR. I quite frankly don't think that they belong below, you know, Kenny Pickett and <laughs> you know what oh, I mean. And and just for for giggles here, looking at the all time best regular season across the NFL. The highest QBR of all time is 87 for a season, and that was Tom Brady in 2007. Right. If you're looking at the top 10, you know <laughs> David Garrard. Yeah, all these names belong there <laughs> except for one, and that's David Garrard in 2007 when he had an 80.9. <laughs> um, uh, Carson Wentz what? in the year that he did not win the Super Bowl. Dude, uh, is number is number eighteen, <laughs> which, which honestly is ins- honestly, if you went with the eye test, I can't believe he's that low for that season. Because Good point. Let's look. Uh, let's let's throw everything else aside. All of our personal feelings towards the man aside, and 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 everything else. We don't win that Super Bowl without him. No, no, which and, we've mentioned on here before. Right, and it looked like. At least to me, and tell me if you if you thought different, but it looked to me like we're seeing, you know, we've never had that quarterback. We've had quarterbacks that have been great. Don't get me wrong. We had Randall Cunningham growing up. We had Donovan McNabb, you know, and they were trans, they were, they were, I'm trying to, they transformed the way the quarterback position was played, right? But they weren't that transcendental top tier you know you're going to win when this guy steps on the field quarterback they were very good quarterbacks they were great quarterbacks but they weren't top three in the league year Mm -hmm. in year out perennially so Carson Wentz in 2017 the things he was doing on the field the way that he was playing the confidence that he was playing with the way he was hitting these he was hitting these throws that we're seeing, and that's what gives me a lot of hope with Jalen Hurts is we're seeing some of the same throws that, Jay, that that Carson Wentz was hitting, the same small targets, the same just laser focused shots. We're seeing we were seeing from Carson Wentz, and then Carson Wentz goes and on a non contact play, blows out his ACL. So, and not only that. He blew it out on a non-contact play, then rushes the ball for a touchdown. Or, or, or wait, did it? I'm trying to remember how that series of events because it became a blur. But there was he had run it in for a touchdown, and then he got hit on both sides of his knee. Two people standing. Oh, yeah, that's knee. right. I can't re- can't recall how that all unfolded. Then I believe it was. I believe after that is when he just took the snap and threw the ball. And I don't remember if that was 
I know that there there was a sequence of plays there, and it was just a nightmare. But but he walked off the field, and you thought, well, shit. At least he's walking. Hopefully, it's not that bad. And then you found out it was bad, and he didn't come back. And then the next season, I mean, honestly, like, put yourself in his position. You are the face of a franchise. You are a burgeoning superstar. And somebody else comes in and takes your team and wins the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel a certain way about that. Now, I would like to think that I'm such a good teammate that I would just be like, hey, fuck it. I don't give a shit. We won. I don't care who won. But now you're looking over your shoulder because everybody in Philly was all over Nick Foles at that point. Like, oh my God, we should trade, we should trade Carson Wentz. I heard it even down here. We should trade Carson Wentz and and, and keep Nick Foles. And he's the quarterback. He's it's just the system, whatever. It wasn't just the system. But at that point, you're fearing for your job. You're fearing for your job security. You're coming back from an injury. You rush yourself back. You develop bad habits. You develop bad mechanics. Causes you to injure yourself again. Not wanting to lose your position. You continue to play injured. He was playing with a broken fucking back. Yep. And that really shot his season. And it was all downhill from there. And if you remember correctly, uh, going into the Jalen Hurts era, there were many people. What went to Hurts? Went to Hurts? Went to Hurts? Which you and I talked about, <clears throat> you know, you know, basically, you know, kind of leading in this early early days of the pod, and it was like, you know, it's funny because you still see videos every once in a while, whenever they're filmed or not. I'm a Wentz guy. I'm a Wentz guy. Like, it's cool. Five years ago, um, and I, I really feel I think you're onto something there um, with. You know, look, this was my team. I had this insane season. I wasn't able to bring them the title because I was hurt. Um, I want to bring them the same glory. And he put a ton on his shoulders, and it just wasn't meant to happen. Um, it screws with you mentally, and I'm sure, you know, obviously, physically, you know, we, we've, you know, in jest on here before, you know, Carson Wentz has made a blast type stuff, but. You know, that sucks. I mean, look, the guy's had such a checkered career now outside of Philadelphia that it's basically done. I yeah. mean, I, I, I can't see him coming back next year. No. Who, who's going to sign him? No. I, I I don't know that he sits anywhere as a capable backup at this point. No. You know, that's a I shame. Mean, and honestly, and, and I'll be the first one to call myself out on this, all right? I bought a Jalen Hurts jersey his rookie year. Or not Jalen Hurts, uh, Carson Wentz jersey his mm-hmm. rookie year. It was a, it was a knock- knockoff, but I did after that first season, I went and I bought the official, you know, I and I was 100% on the Wentz wagon. Bought Peyton one too. When we drafted Hurts, I was not happy with it because my th- my feeling at that point was we were we had our quarterback because we had just invested how much in him. I really did not think we were going to get out from underneath that contract. I thought we were kind of tied to Carson, and that's what it was. And so we've already invested this much in a quarterback. We really need to be giving him tools and different pieces to work with. So in my estimation, which was wrong, I will 100% admit that I was wrong, we were investing capital, draft capital, in the wrong place. We should have been getting weapons. We should have been getting offensive line help. We should have been getting defensive line help. We should have been anything but a backup quarterback at that point. However, I did not take the, okay, well, when he gets in, if he's if he's good, still screw him. This is Carson's team. No, at that point, and I and I actually listened back to one of our podcasts from when we when we initially talked about it. And it was whatever the best best thing for the team is, you know, we, I I think we're both in agreement that I would imagine that when that happened, you know, we just both wanted to see, look, whoever gives us the best chance to win, that's what I want as a quarterback. Right. And I, and I remember, you know, prior to the 21 season, 
you know, I really wanted to see her succeed um, because he had given us some flashes in 20. You know, 20, I don't want to really talk about 20. Yeah. 20 was an off year for everybody, right? Yeah. But going into the 21 season, though, um, I, I was really hopeful uh, that he would be, you know, show show up as like the next the next guy. Um, you you bleed into this year, and the guy has shown that he's a top three. I mean, he you know his name is mentioned with Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean, come on, I mean you, you don't get any better than that, right? Uh, we have it's funny. It's like oh yeah, I want I want to have a top quarterback. We have a top. We have the guy, right? Uh, let's keep him healthy. Let's keep him on the field. Um, it's not knocking Minshew or anyone else, but uh, Jalen Hurts is this team, and uh, let's hope that they just run all over the damn Giants tomorrow. Amen. So, um, all right, football. Let's uh, let's finish up with some baseball talk because the Phillies made a oh, move one, today. One, one more football note. You happen to see any of the Raiders and Chiefs game? Uh, the the Chiefs absolutely throttled. I, I watched a bit of it, but it wasn't you know. Did you see fun the to watch? Did you see the clip of the Chiefs doing the like the ring around the rosy in the huddle? I did. Um, the uh, the snow globe. <laughs> what That's what they called it. That's what they called it. Yeah. So what apparently, um, that? <clears throat> well, apparently it was a. Uh, a, a I, I watched Patrick Mahomes post game, and he said that uh, they uh, were doing messing around in practice, basically. Uh, with this weird trick play, and it was just that it was them running around the thing, but it was around Christmas time, so they called it the snow globe. And then you know, they proceed to do this like four or five different player weird looking play. Um, yeah, that's what it was. It look, it it looked weird. Do I expect any different from Andy Reid? Certainly not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like the Chiefs were going to throttle the Raiders anyway. It's more or less just to me. It was just screwing with them because they're just the Chiefs, and that's the Raiders. <laughs> Dude, I I'll tell you what. I was I saw it on Facebook. I was on my way to the game, and I was surprised. I was surprised that Andy Reid would kind of allow that. Um, and I was kind of I was kind of surprised that they didn't that the refs with as shitty as the refs have been this season, that they didn't call that for some kind of uh, unsportsmanlike conduct or something. Yeah. I think here's my thing. <clears throat> I think Andy Reid knew going into this game, it's like your team has this in, the, in, in their back pocket. You're playing a team that's 6-10. and 10. The Raiders have nothing to bring to the table outside of Devontae and Josh Jacobs. They bring nothing. It's a shame. Um, they're just bad. It's a bad team. Yeah, they have they have talent. Just a bad team. The Chiefs are going to run all over them anyway, and they did. You know, thirty-one to what thirteen or the hell it was. They did. It was a joke. It, it was just a joke. So, like when I saw that play, I was like, mm, I'm not surprised. Worst game of the season for the playoffs hit against a team that doesn't mean anything. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know. You're actually worried know. about the Raiders not meaning anything, too. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, well, uh, on to the baseball. Let's do some baseball here. We'll close up uh, the first, uh, the inaugural episode of the Steve Jobs Appreciation Society with a little baseball news oh, here. Hold on one more. We have breaking news, breaking news from the NFL. Doug Peterson turned the NFL's last place team into division champions. Yep, they won 20 to, 20 to 16. There we go. So you I, like. Uh, I told Danielle, I said during the, the first quarter, I said I would bet a million dollars that the Jaguars would win this game. And this was just a tick before that they were they were down like 10 to nothing. So I'm telling you, the Jaguars are going to win. Well, you you were right. Sorry, I wanted, to, I wanted to give you your flowers on that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't win games with quarterbacks that have been on your team for 17 days. Um, <laughs> Unless you're anyway, the Rams. That's true. Yeah, except Joshua Dobbs is not Baker Mayfield. Uh, <laughs> all right, get, on to baseball. Let's go. <laughs> all right, anyway. Um, so uh, the Phillies made a move today. I'm really, really, really curious to hear some of your thoughts on how this, this is all going to flesh out. 
Um, I've had my thoughts. I've had some conversations about it already. So the Philadelphia Phillies and the Detroit Tigers uh, made a trade today. Again, depended upon medicals and all that. The Phillies will acquire Gregory Soto and Cody Clemens. Um, in return, the Phillies will trade the Tigers, uh, Nick uh, Maton, Matt Vierling, and Donnie Sands. So a three for two deal. Um, you know, nobody else in the in the works. The big the big get there on the surface is Gregory Soto as a bullpen piece. At first glance, I'm really curious to hear what you think on this because I have some thoughts on this one. You mean I I'm I'm just confused. I thought we got Roger Clemens. No, no. So I, I Cody is his son, though. We got his yeah. son. Yeah. Yeah. Rogers. We got Roger. No. Now no. I'm a little bit less ex- excited about it. I thought we got Roger Clemens. I was hoping he was going to juice up the team. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I like um, it. You know. But Roger <laughs> Roger Clemens. Maybe we'll have a Cody Clemens. Yeah. Roger Clemens and Cody Clemens. There yeah. you go. See? So for, for those who don't know, because, well, all of you, because we haven't figured out the whole recording with video thing yet, uh, Tom's background is Roger Clamons from, yeah, so, uh, from the zoo. So zoo. it's pretty ironic that we just traded for a son. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm, look, man, it looks to me like they're building, they, they looked at last year, they looked at where they had their weaknesses, and they're reinforcing the weaknesses. They're going after bullpen pieces, and they're building what could be, if everybody plays to their potential, what could be a killer bullpen. Yeah. Um, now, my concern um, comes from keeping the ball in the yard because Comerica Park is just a little bit bigger than the bank. Uh, Soto tended to – he didn't – allow a ton of home runs but with the contact he allows he could be in for letting up a few more just because the Phillies play in a band box they really do Mm -hmm. Um, the bank is a small it's a it's definitely a hitter friendly park um but I'm never upset at adding a left-handed reliever that saved 30 games and had a three point was it a 3.3 ERA last year or something like that or three it was it was mid to low threes um never upset by that and you gave up you know you gave up some utility players and and you know i liked nick maton i like matt veerling but if that's the cost of doing business you know you're not going to be able to keep everybody right and and so my, my initial thought was okay it's a high price to pay for bullpen arms but bullpen arms are a kind of a cost right now i mean they gave a lot of money to matt Strom, right um and soto is in the same vein, I'll say anyway, as far as advanced metrics show. My my takes on this are two things. One, I looked more at the back end of this trade. I don't know. Are you familiar with Cody Clemens and what he does on the field as far as defensively or no, he's he's the unknown in this one to me. So okay, so I looked it up. It's very curious because I was like, man, the guy doesn't have much of a bat. He was he was a rookie last year, he was a true rookie. Um, older rookie, he was 26 years old. Um, not much of a bat, but I was like, what is the, what is the draw on, on taking him? Is it all it said was utility player. And then I, so I I did a little deeper dive because I was curious. So Cody Clemens last year on the field played first base, second base, third base, left field, he DH and he pitched seven innings to a three, eight, six ERA. Cody Clemens is a two A player. Um, not obviously like Shohei, but he, Pitch seven innings, and it's not because they pitched him seven innings because the Detroit Tigers are getting blown out 50 to nothing. He legitimately pitched seven innings because he can pitch as well. He plays both sides of the field. It's super interesting to have, and it's not like he pitches bad. He pitched, right. pitched he's normal. not bad, but he's a serviceable pitcher. Exactly. So to me, it's that's your that's your Nick um, Nick Maton Matone whatever, that's that's the, that's your bench replacement for him, super utility player that can do it all. Um, the thing that was interesting to me on this whole deal 
other than getting Soto, I think it's great. I think it's great to build the bullpen was dishing Matt Veerling. So now you're at a point where you have Schwarber in left, Brandon Marsh in center, Castellanos in right, Harper on the shelf. You really don't have your fourth outfielder was Matt Veerling. He's gone. Um, you really don't have a fourth outfielder right now. Harper, when Harper comes back, you do. If Harper comes back, you know, to obviously play the field, right? Then they'll have to, you know, adjust. Is, but that's what the DH is for, right? Right. But you need a fourth outfielder, and that's what makes this interesting to me. Is do you pull somebody up from the minors? Because right now your fourth outfielder is listed as Jake Friggin Cave. Doesn't really resonate no. with me as a long-term solution. No. Does moving Matt Vierling enable the signing and coming back of one Mr. Andrew McCutcheon? I would be okay with that. I would be more than okay with that. If we bring Koch back, that... And I and I say that because you're going to have a need for him. Um, I don't know how much Kutch plays in center these days, but you could easily, to me, throw him in a corner, right? When need be. Um, I still don't think Castellanos has any business in the outfield long term. No. Um, so he would be your DH until Bryce comes back, and then they can fish that around. I just don't see Jake Cave necessarily being my. Hey, let's just run him out there every once in a while. That just doesn't bring Jake Cave to me brings less punch than Matt Veerling. Um, as far as like striking fear into my opponents. <laughs> you know, and I love yeah. it for those guys that got traded to Detroit because all three of those guys are gonna get opportunities to start and they're gonna get, you know, I don't know anything about Donnie Sands, but Veerling and, and and Nick are gonna get some some I would imagine, you know a lot more opportunity than they would in Philly. So I'm really super happy for those guys. But, um, yeah, Jake Cave, I don't know. Not feeling it. So let me ask you this. And, you know, I feel like every time we talk about the Phillies at this point, we end up inevitably talking about basically shipping Reese Hoskins out of town. Um, what do you think of giving Derek Hall – the chance to win the job out of camp and packaging Hoskins for an outfielder and a, for an outfielder and an arm. Oh, I don't know. That's the, that's the thing. You and I talked about this in our early Phillies episode, uh, the way too early Phillies off season episode. I just don't know his worth. You know, I don't, I do not know what Reese Hoskins is. Reese Hoskins is worth. Um, and it sucks. You know, um, I think he means a ton of the Philadelphia fan base and ton of the team itself as it stands. I would love to be able to say, hey, you know, let's improve this one area to, to, to put Hall up. Is Hall the right solution? I don't know. Right. Hall's, Hall's a power bat at first base. Does he improve us defensively? I don't know. Um, I really don't, you know, I mean, uh, and that's, and that's, maybe that's another direction we go is maybe not fucking can't stop you on God. <laughs> I'm normally, this is like the middle of the day for me. I'm hitting that middle of the day wall. Um, and for those of you who don't know, it's actually uh, midnight here, uh, where I am, but I, I work midnights. So anyway, um, maybe hall is the one who gets traded. Maybe it Hall could. brings back a Hall. <laughs> so yeah. Womp womp. With a, you know, you, you trade him for a, I don't know that you're getting anybody that's on a long-term deal, but maybe you get a rental player at the deadline. Right. And that's the, that's, that's the thing. Like Derek Hall reminds me so much of having the Darren, Darren uh, Roof, Ruff, whatever his name was. It's the, one of those players that was like so great for us, but like, Flash and pan's wrong. A lot of power, but something just didn't gel right team wise. Whatever. Right. I just I don't know 
my my problem is I don't know what you replace Reese Hoskins with. I would I certainly would not mind to give Derek Hall the chance. I just don't know that he's it. You know, and I don't know that trading Reese is going to return you anything worth to be able to upgrade anywhere else. You know, right. so. Um, but no, it's interesting. It was an interesting move today. Um, I'm kind of torn on it. Uh, Danielle had mentioned this to me earlier about breaking up the Phillies daycare uh, with uh, Veerling and, and and Nick out of that gone because um, now you've got those guys are gone and you know obviously Moniac was was traded earlier for Brandon Marsh. Uh, so you're you're kind of breaking up a little bit of the core guys that came up together. Um, but I don't know. The Phillies are on the up and up. I mean. Uh, signed Trey Turner was a ridiculous haul alone within of itself. Yeah. Um, and uh, Taiwan Walker. And, and my last, the last thing I'm really curious, and we won't and necessarily, I don't want to get into um, the guy's background, but uh, what say you want uh, Trevor Bauer? Fuck Trevor Bauer. So I'm out. Um, some team's going to scoop him up, though, at the league minimum. And get a super quality pitcher for nothing because the Dodgers DFA'd him, uh, and so he's going to be league minimum. Well, um, I mean, not to like you said, not to get into to his off the field stuff, but that in and of itself is where I'm out when the Dod when the Los Angeles Dodgers are willing to cut bait with you because they don't want to deal with your bullshit. That tells me everything I need to know. It's fair point. Um, and I'm just curious. I was really curious. I, you said, I didn't want to get into the, uh, the background of it. Uh, I, I am kind of interested to see where he ends up. Um, it's going to be one to me. I was going to be one of two things. I certainly, and here's why reason why I say that. Um, I don't think the Phillies touch him because of the Herrera situation. Right. Um, I think that, that they've already kind of, uh, and again, I'm not equating things and I don't want to say, right. you know, I'm just saying that I think that they've shown their hand on how they handle things. So the Phillies will not touch him. Uh, my thing is, I think one of two things on how he and where he ends up, he either ends up in a competitor or he ends up in a small market uh, that's obviously not competing because there is no competitor that wants him. Pittsburgh. Right. And I was, that's what I was thinking. I was like, he's going to end up a Royal or a pirate, you know, something like that. What scares me is though he's going to end up somewhere like Tampa Bay, who's going to turn him into a thirty winner. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the first thirty game winner since Denny friggin' McLean, and <laughs> they're going to win the World he, Series. Nah, here's <laughs> the thing, man. You don't got to worry about it. He's not going to sign with any major league baseball team. He's going to either a the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> b the Cleveland Browns, or c the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> 